In the last two months, we saw Valentina Shevchenko deliver a ferocious knockout, one that had the fans talking and the media writing. We also saw her deliver a disciplined, technical chess-like fight, where the fans at the arena seemed unhappy and restless, to say the least. There are technicians, there are fighters, and there are those that do whichever it takes. But this defending champion is mostly a fighter. From the Golden State in Porterville, California, this is MMA Math. Real fighters, real fights, real discussions. With your host, Professor Diaz, and the former featherweight Bellator champion of the world and former bantamweight UFC title challenger, Joe Soto. This week in MMA Math, we'll explore rankings, why they exist, and why they make no sense. Plus, We'll look at the women in MMA, their rise in MMA, and their status. We'll also take a look at the highly ranked Wiley Zhang and what she must do to take the title away from the tough champion, Jessica Andrade. Welcome, everyone. I'm Roberto, and I'm here with Joe. How are you, Joe? I'm doing great. Joe, before we look at women's MMA and what Wiley Zhang must do to become a champion, let's begin on the rankings and how this match came about. Let's remember, Wiley Zhang is not ranked number one, two, or three. She's number six. Now, first of all, these rankings are a mess. They are composed of a panel that includes 14 so-called media members, of which in some cases don't seem to have a clue. I mean, they're not consistent, and there's no rhyme or reason on why they vote and how they vote. Joe, even as flawed of a system as the college football playoff system is, it's a thousand times better than what we see and what the UFC has to offer. I mean, at least the college football playoff selection committee is composed of former players, coaches, and athletic directors. I mean, these are people who know the game and have been part of the game for a good part of their lives. We can actually look up their resumes. In the UFC, no one knows these people. For instance, let me take an awesome select example. Let me ask you, Joe. Do any of these names, do any of these ring a bell? Are you ready? Yep. All right. The first one I have here is David Brown. Nope. <laughs> Never heard of him either, Joe, but apparently he's a publisher for the local paper, the Cherokee Scout, somewhere in North Carolina. How about Romaine Cadot? No, never heard of her. Same here, Joe. No <laughs> clue. Not even close. But apparently she or he, I mean, who knows? I mean... No one knows who this person is, but apparently this person worked at vladusport.com. This is a website that doesn't exist right now, and the domain name is up for sale. Let's try this one, Joe. How about Christopher Esping? No. <laughs> yeah, me either. But apparently he worked at some website that doesn't exist either anymore. Let's try one more. How about Eddie Papani? No, are these real people? <laughs> that's according to the UFC webpage that's where I found these names and then I started looking into them and that's what I found but yeah I mean who is this guy right I mean I don't know who he is either but Eddie Papani apparently is some radio personality in San Diego and according to his Twitter description or bio or whatever you call that thing where it says something about you it says this it says you can listen to him tell awesome fart jokes every morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Rock 1053 in San Diego. 
I mean, I can go on, but this is just ridiculous. How can you take this seriously at all? I mean, if my job, depending on rankings, and these were the people ranking me with this fart guy and no resume attached to any of these people, I would be pissed off to say the least. Joe, as a former UFC fighter, and knowing that these are the people that partly determine who you fight next, does it seem bizarre? Are you surprised? Yeah, I'm actually a little surprised that these are the guys that are ranking, you know, top level fighters and they probably know nothing about fighting or techniques. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not surprised, I guess, because, you know, you look at the rankings and, and sometimes they don't make any sense. So in one hand, I am surprised. The other hand, I'm not. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, though. I mean, the rankings are a big deal. It's part of how you negotiate a contract. It's part of how you get a title shot. I mean, it matters. Now, let's take a closer look at another layer of madness. Why does the UFC have matchmakers? Shouldn't the rankings decide who fighters fight, who's next? I mean, if the UFC believes in the rankings, then the matchmakers shouldn't exist. In fact, the very fact that there are matchmakers is a sign that the rankings are just rubber on the Georgian asphalt. They are just a remnant, a residue of the wheels that move the UFC in the direction that they want it to go. Now, can you imagine the NFL having matchmakers? Can you imagine the NBA having matchmakers? I mean, it's a clear sign that this whole ranking thing is just a sham. Joe, I'm sure Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard are nice guys, but either you go by the rankings or these guys determine your fate. What would you prefer? Two nice guys who work for the UFC, who are paid by the UFC, that determine who you fight or rankings, but not these crackpot rankings, more realistic ones. It's kind of hard. I mean, life without matchmakers, I could see how, you know, I, I could see how you want to just go by rankings, but at the same time, I know sometimes it's just, it's not about rankings sometimes, right? It's about stylistic fights and, and exciting fights you want to see too. Maybe two guys that are not in the rankings, you want to, you need to match them up and, and you got to see, you know, or three guys, there's three guys who would match up better with, you know, the, out of them three so sometimes if somebody's not in the rankings the matchmakers could come into play in that way okay joe so these ufc rankings are all trash <laughs> <laughs> um, well when when i was just to add on to that when i was competing in wrestling and stuff like that and you, you'd go wrestle you have a ranked guy you're gonna have to go wrestle at number three in the state or something you know your coaches growing up in, in sports like that they would tell you hey rankings don't mean anything anyone could be beat so that that was always in the back of my head competing Okay, Joe, so basically, it's the matchmakers who are paid by the UFC who determine who you fight, where you stand, and consequentially determine your fate. However, the matchmakers are UFC employees. They are ultimately going to do what the UFC wants, regardless of who's the best, and that's just crazy to me. Now, before we look at this championship fight, let's take a closer look at women in MMA and their viability in an organization like the UFC. Six and a half years ago, Ronda Rousey got signed by the UFC and lover or hater, she puts women's MMA on the map. She brought this invincibility, so to speak, only fought on pay-per-views, won six straight in a row, finished all of her opponents, and this era of women's MMA gets going. I mean, maybe she was at the right place at the right time, but she did it. Anyway, since Ronda, who do you think is carrying the torch? What's the biggest name in women's MMA? 
I think the biggest name you could say is probably Chris Cyborg. You know, there's a couple other ones right there with her. And she's kind of been, you know, the biggest name in MMA even before Ronda, I would say, in the strike four days. I think so, too. I mean, Chris Cyborg, she's a big draw. People tune in when she fights. And there's a real reason for that, like you were saying. I mean, she goes way back. And in fact, she went 13 years without losing a fight. And she's a true fighter. She's not afraid to bang it out. Now, I'm sure there will be other big names that develop or come up. But as of now, I don't see a bigger name than Cyborg in women's MMA. Having said that, she got released by the UFC. You know, this scenario sort of reminds me of when the UFC released Rory McDonald. But this one, I think, is worse. Because when Rory got released, at least there was other big names in the UFC. But that's not the case in women's MMA right now. Who loses in this one, Joe? Is it the UFC, Cyborg, women's MMA in general, or are they all losers? Uh, I think everyone's kind of a loser, right? I mean, it would it'd be nice to have Cyborg in there competing with the best fighters in the world, and now she's not. So I think we all kind of lose out on that. UFC would not put on the best fights, and, and Cyborg not being able to compete against the best girls, and, and the fans not being able to see the best con- compete. Now, since the signing of Ronda... The UFC has developed three divisions, and the fourth, the featherweight division, has now seven fighters and is starting to take shape. That's a new division every two years. In comparison, there are nine divisions in the men's side, but one of them, the flyweights, is sort of in no man's land right now. There are only 12 flyweight fighters left, so we'll see what happens there. Anyway, it's not just the UFC. Other organizations are also making room for women in MMA, The Professional Fighters League has a lightweight tournament that includes the popular former Olympic judoka and gold medalist Kayla Harrison. And Beltran has a good flyweight division with the popular champ Elima Leigh McFarlane. Not only that, the featherweight division for Beltran is almost twice as big as that of the UFC. This is a good time for women in MMA. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, women's MMA has caught on, and I think they're exciting fighters to watch, even sometimes more so than the men. They're just always, <laughs> I feel like they have no fear, so it's definitely a good time for women's MMA. Anyway, let me go back to Ronda for a bit. After those six straight wins, she lost her next and last two fights before retiring. However, if you look at her resume, every fight she had, including those two losses, were all finishes. Not only that, she headlined every single one of those events, and they were all pay-per-view events. I mean, not even Conor McGregor did that. He had to work himself up there. Joe, there was a point in Ronda's run where she was bigger than all the fighters, including the men. She was a talk of the town, but in true MMA fashion, as soon as she lost, the fans turned on her. Now, you can argue that it was the way she handled her losses, but look at Valentina Shevchenko. She was a talk of the town in one fight, and then on her very next fight, people were pointing at women's MMA as if they didn't belong. What the hell is wrong with people? I mean, it's not like every men's fight is exciting. In fact, a lot of the fights nowadays are very technical and don't appeal to the casual fans. What's your take on this, Joe? Yeah, I think uh, definitely sometimes, you know, MMA fans can be... uh disloyal sometimes or they could turn their backs on you a short memory you know if you if you're winning one day they love you if you lose the next day they don't or if you have a bad performance that means you know you're kind of done in their eyes but they have short-term memory loss i guess
Okay, so the UFC and Hissy Fit dropped Cyborg, the biggest name in women's MMA. But with other organizations expanding, the opportunities for women in MMA is growing. And it's going rather quickly. And yes, just like in the men's side, not all fights are going to be exciting and full of fireworks. Some will be technical and some will be deliberately strategic. Now, let's take a close look at what Wiley Zhang can do, what she's offering, what she's bringing to this fight, and what is it that can make her the champion. Wiley Zhang is coming into this fight with a 19-fight win streak. Her lone loss coming on her first pro fight, which was almost six years ago. She's 3-0 in the UFC, and after taking a unanimous decision over Tisha Torres, she's climbed all the way up to number six in this so-called ranking system. Regardless, she looked good in each of those three fights. She was aggressive, technical, and willing to exchange. Joe, in fighting someone like Andrade, who likes to come forward and bang it out, it seems that unlike the Valentina Carmouche fight, this one should deliver. What do you think? Yeah, I think this should be an exciting fight. You know, I think it's going to be a, an action-filled fight. I think both both girls are tough, and both girls are going to bring it. And uh, Zhang is definitely she has a lot of tricks up her sleeve. She has a great style. She mixes it up, and Andrade just loves to come forward and, and bang it out. So it's going to be an exciting fight. I could definitely see a finish either way, or I could see it just being a, a war. This is also a good chance for women's MMA to expand. This is a title fight. This can possibly deliver the first Chinese UFC champion. Having said that, in the UFC, the majority of all titles have been held by U.S. fighters. I mean, we've had a few Brazilian champions, but very few from other countries. So giving her this chance with the ranking that she has been given, it seems that this is strategic on the UFC's part. I mean, martial arts is big in China. This can catapult the UFC in this part of the world. What are your thoughts on this, Joe? Yeah, I think definitely. I think this is definitely a um, very smart move on the UFC. You got a great fighter, exciting fighter, and she's from China, and there's that's a huge market where there's a billion people, over a billion people in China. So that's that would just expand MMA even more. So, Joe, like you were saying, this fight will be held in China, and Jessica will be making the long trip from Brazil, and it will be her first title defense. So the pressure is on for both. Who do you think has more pressure to perform? Maybe Jessica. You know, um, Wiley doesn't have a lot to lose. You know, she's she could probably lose this fight and and build herself back up. She's young in the sport and she's you know she really got a huge name. And but I think uh, I think Jessica has more to lose. This is her her title defense and she just got the belt. So to hold on to it and maybe get that you know another fight with Rose because that's a huge fight too. So I think she has more pressure. You know, it's always hard to stand on top of the mountain. Speaking about the Rose Namajunas Jessica Andrade fight, Rose was putting on a click onto that head slam that put Rose out. Now, Wiley likes to fight on the outside. She throws a lot of kicks, but like I said, is not afraid to get in there. In this case, though, fighting someone who carries a lot of power like Andrade, someone who is smaller but tough, is keeping the distance key. Is a Rose fight plan keeping that movement and striking from the outside? the key to dethrone Andrade. Yeah, definitely. I think she wants to, you know, follow that blueprint. And I think that's kind of her style anyways. I mean, but like you said, she does like to mix it up and, and stay in the pocket a little bit. I wouldn't advise her to do that because that'd be Andrade's only um, chance. So I think she's going to use a lot of movement, a lot of feints, and she's going to use a lot of weapons in this fight. What about on Andrade's side? Does she need to change anything to keep her title? Uh, I think she just needs to be herself, but, you know, magnify that 
times 10. She just needs to be aggressive, uh, be willing to take a shot to give a shot and stay in and make it an ugly fight. And just that's her style. She likes to run with it, and that's her best way to win. She's not as gifted as, you know, Zhang, and she's not as technical. So she's going to have to make it an ugly fight. And um, that's just her style. Okay, so putting these bizarre rankings aside, this is a fight that should deliver. The champion likes to bang it out, and Wiley is an aggressive fighter. However, the power of Andrade in itself is something that can end this quickly. But who knows, this may deliver the first UFC champion from China. Okay, if you like this show, please go to your favorite platform and support our show. You can subscribe on any of the major platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Again, we can be found at MMAMath.xyz. And that does it for today. Thanks for listening. And until next time, fight on. Fight on.